0: And welcome to episode seventeen of Command Space. I'm Mike Hurley, and today I am joined by the proprietor and what are you, editor in chief, I guess, of Max Stories. Yeah, that is Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, hey, Federico. Mac. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm very well. I have been waiting a long time to get you on my show. I'm very happy that you're here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But you are a man with a busy life, and this we know. I'm too busy. Too busy, man. So obviously for anybody that's never heard you before, which, you know, it would be crazy because I know you've been on a couple of podcasts. I think you were on the 512 podcast a while back. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, which is another show on, on this network. Um, you are obviously an Italian man, an Italian stallion, some would say.
1: Uh, I don't know about the stallion part, but sure, I am. I am Italian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think this would probably surprise a lot of people because... I mean, obviously, MacStories, the site that you read, which is a a very popular site um, about Apple um, news and and reviews and things like that. I mean, it's not written in Italian. It's written in English. It's written very well in English.
1: Thank you. Yes, it is. It was once written in, in Italian as well.
0: This was right back at the start for you, right? Yeah. What I'm going to lead right in because this is actually a question a bunch of people asked. Um, one because we we have people sending questions um, on this show. I always put it out to our listeners, um, and one guy, his name is at We Leap with a bunch of eyes and a bunch of peas. So I don't really know the proper pronunciation, but he was wondering how hard it was to start like blogging in a language other than your your mother tongue. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it was hard. Uh, mainly n- not just because. Uh, you know, getting words down on a page, um, th- that never was, was difficult for me. It was hard to, I think, to get acceptance from from U.S. readers because I think, at least, at least initially, they had this kind of, I don't know, reluctance maybe to read an Italian guy who writes in English. Um, many people were like, why are you doing this? Uh, but eventually i think if you if you work hard and uh, if you believe in, in in the things you write it wasn 't a problem after f- after the first year how much, a-
0: how much english did you did you know before writing mac stories are you uh, have you always spoke English as fluently as you do or did you pick it up over time
1: yeah i mean I was always interested in, in the language uh, when I was back in, in middle school, I think I started playing, you know, video games uh, on the Game Boy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it was actually, the the hardest part was to find, um, you know, the Game Boy had these video game cartridges, mm-hmm. right? And it was pretty hard to find uh, the U.S. ones because I live in a pretty small town in Italy. It's called Viterbo and we don't have that many video game stores. So I had to order the U.S. ones because I wanted to learn, to learn the language. And, and eventually I built this pretty good collection of uh, American games. And then I started to get into, you know, listening to, to American music, uh, Bre- British music as well, and reading books and magazines and everything just followed up from there.
0: So you started to learn English by playing Game Boy games. Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> what, a, what a peculiar way to learn. I don't know if other people do, but it's kind of awesome that Game Boy games could give you enough of a base. Yeah, I think my first game
1: was either, was either Pokemon Yellow or Final Fantasy VIII, I think, for the PS1. Wow, uh, that's crazy. And then I, I, uh, I think the turning point was really uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics for the PS1 you know, because it was written in a sort of archaic English or something, medieval accents and languages. So I, I did a lot of this, and, and I was, uh, I think I was for thing there, um, and I did a lot of research to, to understand the vocabulary and the various words and the archaic variations and everything. So, uh, but yeah, after that, uh, I never played an, an Italian game again, uh, at least not... with with, with the Italian version of subtitles and voiceover, etc.
0: That is... I just find that so fascinating. (laughs) Like, I don't know how, especially a game like Pokemon, how you were able to understand what was happening when you didn't even (laughs) understand the language. It's (laughs) incredible. I I think
1: Pokemon is actually a great, great, you know, first game for for a kid who wants to learn English Mm -hmm. because it's not that stupid. I mean, you have... A lot of a lot of names, like for the for the for the moves for the actions that the Pokemons can do. Mm-hmm. So you, you you can learn a pretty decent vocabulary to start, and then go from there. I mean, there's no plot for sure. It's not a a complex game like Final Fantasy or another role playing game can be. But I, I think it was a decent start for me.
0: So. You obviously, you, you learned your Game Boy English. Um, then you obviously, you wanted to start an Apple News site. But um, at DR on Twitter asked, what inspired you to create a website about Apple News, especially with there being so many competitors? <laughs> I got fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do with my life. So, <laughs> no, um, so basically, uh, it was around 2009, 2008, right. uh, I, work, uh, uh, I used to work at this, um, this eBay store, which was this weird trend that there was in my town a few years back. You, you basically work in this, in this local shop where people bring you stuff to sell on eBay because they don't have the time or the patience or whatever that's to crazy. do the, the auctions themselves.
0: Have you ever seen the movie um, The 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah, that's it. Because yeah, yeah. they have an eBay store... Yeah, the, I didn't think they existed. No, <laughs> I thought it was exists. a joke. <laughs> no,
1: and I work in one. That's crazy. <laughs> and and after a few months, I think my interpretation of the events is that I got too good at the job that the boss got mad and fired me. I think that's how it it, it went.
0: You're making too much money.
1: You're no, coming. I was I was making the same amount of money because it, it, my boss cut the paycheck. But I was, you know, clients wanted to talk with me and people only came to me. So I think I got mad because people loved me, loved me there. So I got fired. And um, so, yeah, uh, I didn't know what to do. And uh, my girlfriend, which is, she's still my girlfriend, by the way, um, told me that I should get into blogging because I really, uh, I used to spend a lot of time on on an Italian forum, the, the Games Rather forum. Who has um they have a, a Mac section, and so I took it from the forum and started writing this free blog at wordpress.com Mac Stories, mm-hmm. and she told me, yeah, you know, you have a few visits, you should get your own domain name, and uh, I got my domain name and and yeah, so, we got it to this point.
0: Mac Stories is a good domain name to get.
1: Yeah, I was surprised it was free. I mean, there's Maxstories.com. Uh, is there's some guy who has this domain? Uh, uh, I sent him a bunch of emails. Never heard back. So, but the .dot net was free, and I was kind of kind of inspired by you know the RingFireball.net. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I can go with the net.
0: So you've been um, you've been running Maxstories for about four years now.
1: Yeah, we. I launched it in April
0: two thousand and nine. Okay. So how long how long was it until you started um started running the site primarily in English?
1: Um I think it was after uh four or five months okay. I decided to to switch off to English only. And that
0: I assume after that was where it really started to take off?
1: Yeah, we really started to take off actually um a year later in i think november 2010 because we had this you know this piece of news that no one was reporting about i think it was ios 4.2 that got delayed and we had we had this ex- exclusive <laughs> i think um yeah a bunch of sites picked it up and and the people have have, have remained readers i, I think Uh, i got to be grateful for for that news.
0: I think the first time I came into contact with Mac Stories was uh, at the time, I think it was All Things D, um, called you a Mac enthusiast site? Yeah, I I am an enthusiast. (laughs) I I am an enthusiast of many things. And then I think it was um, John Gruber, he was kind of, was very upset about it. Yeah, he, he got mad, and yeah. the funny
1: story is that uh, that night I was taking a nap, and I don't usually take naps because I'm a you know I wake up and work all day and then go to sleep. I don't take you know naps, um, but that night I got a I, t- I took a nap and uh and I wake up and uh, I see a, a lot of mentions and people saying, "Hey, Vitić, there's Gruber's. Gruber's got your back," and and. My, my co-workers on on, on Campfire. Uh, hey, you got to check out what, what Gruber wrote about you. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome.
0: I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the piece. I think it was called On Attribution and Credit? Yeah. So that will be in the show notes for people. Yeah. I don't have
1: anything against all things D and, uh, and, and the writers. I just thought it, it was kind of weird to to write Mac enthusiasts. It was I think it was easier for them, too, to, to just put a name in there. But I, I don't want to get into that again.
0: The funny thing about that, though, I guess, in hindsight, was where at the time it seemed like they were downplaying you, it probably really helped the site in a roundabout way. Yeah, um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It's water under the bridge. It doesn't matter. So... um we have um, another question here from um, at TVER Shoren, um And he oh, yeah he has asked, if you could choose between Mac Stories uh, being either a site that was focused on um, Apple or tech news or like a, a tech guide, so maybe like, you know, the pieces that you might write where you're instructing people to do things or giving advice or tips and tricks and reviews and stuff, what would you pick? Or are you happy with how the site currently is as a mix of both.
1: Yeah, uh, I would pick, pick Mac which is exact, exactly the kind of mix of news and reviews and tips and tricks that I want. I wouldn't go with a single old news or old rumor site, or on the other end, I wouldn't go with, a, with a old tips and tutorials and whatever. I just want Mac to be the site that I, that I want to read. And if I'm lucky enough to have other people that want to read the same site, then that, that I I'm just happy. I'm just happy with what I'm doing here. So, yeah, I wouldn't pick anything else. I just want to go. You know, I think Mac stories is also a, a reflection of the kind of 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 Mac user and and reader that I've become. So, if I'm more interested in in this kind of this kind of stories, you know, about. Automation and getting things done with iOS devices which I really got into lately so yeah I, I wouldn't switch what I'm doing for anything else
0: I mean I know that the way that Mac Stories is written and the way that you you know you choose what to post about makes it a, a readable site for me I mean I I only Mac Stories is the only sort of Apple site that I subscribe to now. You. I mean, I also read The Loop, but I guess The Loop is kind of different because yeah. it's it's more like um, Jim and Peter's personal blog, I guess. Um, and you have your own personal blog at teachy.org, but Mac Stories does post a lot more news. It's it's the, it's the become the only one that I can really deal with to have in my <laughs> RSS reader. I mean, I, I surf to other ones like MacGasm and 2R and places like that, but there's too, the signal to noise, as it were, is too much there and, and max stories it fits for me
1: Yeah, um, I try to be really careful with the, with the stuff I pick with the, with the news and the apps and, uh, and I think there are many levels of quote unquote curation that we're doing essentially we're trying to, to report news that are actually news you know that, 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 that anyone can confirm but that anyone else hasn't reported yet and we try to publish you know insightful stories that with a lot of research such as the 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 article about eco- ecosystems that our Graham Spencer did um, and we try to post about the apps that we use so I get a lot of of emails and to to pitch these and that app and anything else but I try to pick the ones that I'm really excited about that I know that that I can cover with detail and with and with, with curve for, for what a developer
0: did. There's something, before we, we move on um, from talking about the site specifically, there's something that I can't help but, but bring up, and that is the reviews that you write, because they are unlike any reviews that I ever see. I mean, when you when Federico vaticci writes a, a review, um, it's more like a book. Right, your your app reviews, I think, are coming becoming renowned because of the depth that you go into, and sometimes these can can literally span thousands of words. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Why do you
0: Why do you choose to write reviews that way? Uh, because, uh, um, as a
1: consumer, I think um, I want to spend my money wisely, and when I'm recommending an app to people. Uh, I think maybe an app is just ninety nine cents or two bucks or three bucks, but uh, I don't think that matters really because it's it's still money to people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't feel comfortable writing a review of something that I haven't tried or that I haven't find all uh, all the details, you know, uh, all the the little the little touches that a developer has put into an interface or a, a particular workflow. So uh, I want to know everything about an app and i try to write uh, a review that has a i wouldn't say a story but i would say an angle so i try to approach a a piece of software like um like something that i that i want to know not just what it does but why it does those things in the way that that you can see that, that that a user can experience so um Maybe sometimes I, I, I go a little too, too overboard. I think some people suggested that I should start publishing reviews as eBooks. Actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't monetize that. You could, could monetize the hell out of them. <laughs> but but uh, uh, I prefer to have them on the site. and um, I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough that people seem to appreciate this kind of. Uh, and trust me, it's a lot of effort a lot of research goes into understanding why why uh, uh, for example uh, uh, an icon uh, or a menu is works in that way or a keyboard shortcut why is, in, is it configured to work in that way so yeah uh i try to write the review that that i want to i want to read before opening my wallet or uh, maybe iTunes credit whatever so yeah
0: so I must ask, maybe for anybody that hasn't um, read any of your long reviews before, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a favorite or one that you you like to point people to? Is like this is this is a review that TG writes?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say three great starting points. At least I think they're great. So Ambius, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Um, I would say the Sparrow one for the email client for iPhone. Uh, The the macOS 10.8 one, the Lion one that came out this summer. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh man, I think there's a great one coming out next week. (laughs) Oh, you're you're, you're killing us. (laughs) Yeah, I would say next week there's another great
0: one. I think I know what that is and uh, I'm very excited for both the review and the app yeah well I will say I will say nothing more okay, but you actually did release the Mountain Lion one as a book yes and that was our first
1: experiment with uh, with ebooks um, so we wanted to we wanted to prepare a lot of mountain lion stuff to put on the site but we as we were preparing our posts with the team we we eventually um, came to the decision that we wanted to to uh, collect our coverage in a single PDF. And so we reformatted all the posts and we created these beautiful graphics and we made sure that the PDF could look great on, on right now displays. And so we created this ebook and we donated the 30% of proceeds to to the American Cancer Society. And it was actually a pretty successful experiment because the majority of the content was, was available on the site as well for free. And, uh, but still, hundreds of people bought it. So it's ebooks, uh, not just as PDF, but uh, on iBooks too, is something we're definitely considering again for the future.
0: Good. Yeah, to give give some money to charity is great, and I think it's that is the where people just want to support you, right? That's that's why they they're they're doing it because they could read it for free, but some people feel I want to support the work that you do, which is it's a nice feeling. Yeah, I think so too. So in case you know, we've mentioned it, but obviously in case people hadn't been able to guess by your accent, you you live and and work in Italy still. I am, Um, and I want to know a little bit about how you do something that I've recently been calling time shifting. because you work with people on the other side of the globe, most of the Max, we've got some Max Stories writers in um, the US. I know, you, I think you have one in Australia as well. Um, but you you follow American time. You are always awake when Americans are awake, and obviously, being on the other side of the planet, that means you do not conform to regular hours. And first off, what hours are you awake from your time, um, and how do you manage that?
1: Um, well, lately I've been trying to get up at noon and uh, (laughs) why are you laughing?
0: I just love that you get up at noon. I think it's awesome.
1: Uh, you have to, you have to look at it this way. It's like I'm getting up at 6am. Yeah. I
0: mean, cut me some some slack. Oh no, I know why you do it, but I just love that you get up at noon. Your family and friends must think you're crazy.
1: They do. Uh, so uh, I wake up at noon and uh, usually go to sleep at 5 or 6 a.m.
0: That's insane. That is insane. Uh, it's like midnight. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I tend to, to sleep from like um, half past 1 until half past 7. So we get the same amount of sleep, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I sleep six or seven hours per night. Mm-hmm. I, try to be, uh, I try to be a good boy.
0: How does it affect your life? to To be to work those sort of hours, like your social life and things like that. Well, for one,
1: uh, I can't do stuff in the morning anymore. Yeah, because um, you know, most, for example, most offices and, uh, and institutions are open in the morning. So, if I have to do something like at ten or nine a.m., that's a problem. Um, for anything else. Um, I think I I gotta figure out. I know. I mean, uh, people know that I'm available in the afternoon. So, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, my friends aren't. You know, I can't call them at three a.m. because they're sleeping. So, um, I usually go out with my girlfriend in in the weekends at around eleven p.m. and we stay out until. 2 a.m. So I, I have a chance to to meet with my friends, mm-hmm. and for work purposes, uh, that's actually pretty easy because all Americans are, are awake yeah. when I'm awake. So I don't have a problem with that.
0: I mean, that's why you do it, right? So you can fit with that time a bit more.
1: Yeah, uh, I try to live on the on the Eastern Time Zone, U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the people around me, my my family, my doctor, the they know that that they can find me in the morning. So uh, initially, my my mother used to used to uh, to to get worried because she couldn't reach me on the phone. <laughs> she tried to call me at nine a.m. Where are you, mom? I'm sleeping.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is very early in the morning for me. You don't understand. <laughs> it's like three a.m. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Michael Schechter, who hosts Mics on Mics on, on, this, on this very podcasting network, guy. he's a he is a great, he is a fantastic guy, and he wants to know, how how do you do it all? And I've sort of stretched that out into a little bit. Is, you know, what, is, what is a day in the life of Federico Vatici? What does that look like? Well, first off, there's
1: coffee. Mm, of course, espresso. Espresso. Uh, and I think the rest is just an awesome girlfriend who, uh, who understands what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, and a very supporting family, and um, uh, I just want to kick ass, you know. Yeah, can I say that? You can. Okay. You did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I just really am uh, really passionate about uh, what I do. Uh, I, I do it with passion, with 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 care, with um. I don't know. It just. I think that when you find something you love doing, I think there was like a, a Confucius expression. You know, find a job you love, and and you're not gonna work for the rest of your life. Something like that, and I, I truly believe that. If you find something you love, it's not work. It's like for me, it's like playing, playing the awesomest game <laughs> ever. Yeah. So uh, I really don't, uh, I'm not stressed out. I mean, d- uh, non-work stuff, the the stuff that's not related to my stories, that stuff is stressing me out, but not work. Uh, uh, I love what I do.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that you enjoy, that you're lucky enough to make money from, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not a billionaire yet.
0: Yeah, of course. No,
1: uh, seriously, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I think I got lucky. Sometime around two thousand two thousand ten, people started. A lot of people started reading the site, and, and uh, yeah, it just worked out. And I hope it will continue to work out.
0: It's not luck, my friend. It's talent. That's what gets you there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So, um, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to go through the apps and, and, and stuff that you use daily to get your work done. Cause I know that sort of stuff. I know people love that stuff, but first I want to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor this week. If that's okay with you, teaching go for it. So our, our sponsor this week is the fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace, they give you hosting, they give you templates, beautiful design templates They give you apps. They give you statistics, everything. They just give you everything you need to build your home online. If you want to create a blog, a portfolio, a site for your business, they have templates that will look fantastic for any of those. And their tools are so adaptable, you can really build whatever you want to build um, using Squarespace's tools. Everything in their platform is drag and drop. So if you want to set up a page that has images on and you want to want to put some text in there as well, you just select the blocks, they call them, um, that you would like to use. You drag them into your page, and then to, to make them look how you want, you can just rearrange them by dragging and dropping. And this is all within the browser. It's very, very impressive. They have what's known as a WYSIWYG design editor. So whatever changes you make, um, they're shown live to you on the site. If you want to change your fonts, you just select from the fonts and it will change automatically. And they integrate with the Google Fonts Library, so you have ridiculous amount of choices of really great-looking fonts. Their sites are all built with responsive web design. So no matter what device you're looking at your Squarespace 6 website on, Um, It's going to look fantastic, and they don't just throw up a random mobile view, um, which rips out all of the design work that you've done. They just reformat the page and mix around some of the design elements to make it look fantastic, no matter whatever the screen size. If you like stats, they have real-time analytics that are built right in. Um, You can view them on on the web, but you can also view them in their iOS and Android apps as well, so you're always able to see how many people are coming to your site and where they're coming from. If you have a blog elsewhere, you can import your content very easily and you can set up sharing and syncing with social media accounts too. Um, They really have thought about everything. If you have any issues or you want to get any um, tips on how to set everything up, they have 24-7 customer support and they also have live online workshops and a great knowledge base of articles as well. There's absolutely no credit card required to try out Squarespace. You can get a free trial by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. Start your trial there and it will also help support the network and this show. If you decide to purchase, Squarespace starts at $10 a month for their standard plan and $20 a month for their unlimited plan. If you sign up for one year up front, you'll get 20% off the total price, and if you sign up for two years up front, you'll get 25% off. And if you sign up with either of the annual plans, you'll also get a free custom domain name, which will be integrated automatically. When you decide to purchase, if you click an the uh, link to enter an offer code at the checkout screen. If you use the code 70decibels11 you'll get another 10% off your first order. So there's lots of discounts to be had and all of this information can be found at squarespace.com forward slash 70decibels. I want to thank Squarespace for the continued support of Command Space and the 70decibels podcast network. So, Federico, tell me, what what are the apps that you use every day get your work done this can be Mac or iOS do you have three hours I do please All go right. let's do this let's do it I'm, I'm just get myself an espresso of my own and we can do this
1: oh man I'm jealous <laughs> um, so um, on the iPhone uh, I couldn't get by without tweetbot and uh, launch center pro and I would say audio and nebulous notes
0: why do you choose I mean for me the rest uh, obvious but why do you choose Nebulous Notes
1: Um I you I love Nebulous Notes because it's a, it's a text editor with dropbox support and but the the thing that's really particular about this app it's that it supports macros so you can automate uh common tasks in a in a text editor like pasting links or you know inserting dates so you can build these little macros with a very simple syntax. And you, can, uh, you have these macros available right above the keyboard of, the, of an iPhone and iPad because the, the app is, is universal. So I have these macros for Markdown which, for example, um, when I copy a link from Safari and I select some text in, in Nebulus, it automatically creates uh, an inline link and I have other macros for for reference links and and bold and italic and a lot of other stuff. I, I've mentioned these on I think on Maxos a couple of times. So I'll send you a link later. And um, yeah, uh, Nebulus is great for, for editing and and you know just writing. But um, for previews, because uh, uh, like I said, uh, i write writing Markdown and especially the uh, Fletcher Penny's multi Markdown. Um, I use byword for previews. Uh, I ran a series of tests to compare uh various markdown editors and and the preview functionality and uh, i just like byword for the previews. it 's just uh, they look great and to to post uh articles on MacStories, I use poster, which is another great editor with um that works with WordPress which we use at MacStories. and uh the great thing about poster is that uh it supports uh, URL schemes, so you can send uh, um, text from the clipboard uh, of iOS directly to Poster and create a, a, a new article. So I just you know I just type in a, a title and choose a category and post. So uh, I have a lot of
0: apps, man. You gotta tell me how many you want because <laughs> we can go on for hours here. I'm worried about the show notes. I'm trying <laughs> to keep up with you. the it sounds to me though like you really have a robust system. Like it seems like you've kind of thought about everything, and it seems like you're always—I mean, from following you on Twitter, I can see like you're always looking to refine and refine it.
1: Yeah, um, I want something that works, but it's not just uh, the 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 aspect of finding apps that work for me. It's about finding apps that won't fail me. Like, uh, I I always try to to think of of the worst case scenario. Like, what if news happened and I'm in the car and my mom is driving and I need to post? What am I going to do? So I I try to set up workflows and and try to find apps that can work in every situation. So, uh, for example, um, did you see my, my review of Evernote 5 for iOS?
0: I've got it saved. I've not read it yet.
1: Yeah, uh, I published that one yesterday, and that one was entirely written and composed and uh, assembled uh, on my iPad while my mom was driving,
0: and I was in the passenger seat. So, it seems that, from what you said there, and from most of the apps that you've given me, it looks like you're moving quite heavily to iOS for a lot of what you do.
1: Yeah, because lately, uh, I'm not always on my Mac. Uh, I'm moving a lot, of, you know, around my town and uh, nearby cities. So, um, 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 I need to to set up a system that allows me to to work from anywhere, um, because I find it very uncomfortable to to bring my MacBook Air with me. Uh, I mean, for as much as the MacBook Air is, uh, you know, lightweight and everything, it's no iPad. So, um, uh. I have tried to rework the the most part of my workflow. I I think every part of my workflow, to, around the iPad and the iPhone, and um, I have a 3G iPad, so that's really no no big deal for me. And um, uh, I I I can work from anywhere. I, I think I'm at the point where I can get the same things done, uh, either on my Mac or, or my iPad or on my, or my iPhone. Maybe the iPad a little more because it's got a bigger screen.
0: You using the regular size iPad.
1: Yeah, I have a, a a new iPad, the the iPad
0: 3. So it's not the new new iPad. No, it's, it's just a new one.
1: it's the new one time
0: <laughs> the limited edition. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, man. It's just too, too complicated for me. It's, it's the iPad 3. If it's too complicated for you, then it's too complicated for all of us. No. do you think that I mean, do you use a keyboard do you, or do you just type on the screen? Uh, I got pretty
1: good at uh, touch typing, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Yeah, I don't use a keyboard M- mainly because um, I really uh, uh, I want to mm, put the iPad on my lap, and with the, with the, with the keyboard it's always you know It's always everything is moving and shifting, and, and uh, I can I get mad pretty easily. So um, yeah, only the iPad.
0: If you tried out the um, Logitech Ultra Slim, yeah, you I recall. have it. You have it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's slim, but it's, it's it's I don't know. It
0: doubles the thickness of the iPad. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's the thickest one, the thinnest one that I've tried. But it's still another thing you have to carry around, and you have to remove it and put the iPad in again, and, and you have Bluetooth. And I want something simple, you know. And that's actually pretty funny when you consider the kind, of, the kind of workflow that I have. It's far from simple for, for regular people. I, mm-hmm. I think I just, I'm just winning that way.
0: Do you think that one day you might, ever, you might move to predominantly using iOS? Not obviously 100%, but where you would maybe pick up the iPad instead of the MacBook Air to write something when they're both in the same place? Yeah, I think that's really possible. Do you think uh, it's like just around the corner for you or still a way away?
1: yeah if apple is, is doing the, the the stuff with with an iOS that most people expect to, expect them to do like uh, better inter application communicate communications and and uh, all those you know XPC stuff with with uh app processes and and such i think uh uh I can really forego the mac entirely i mean I, I'm not a graphic designer. Uh, I can understand how people, you know, people who, who work with graphics and with audio or with video need a Mac. Right. Uh, uh, that's obvious. I mean, for obvious reasons. Uh, but I think for something, for someone like me who predominantly does email and markdown and uh, some lightweight website management, uh, I think iOS with, with apps and the mail app and Safari, it's... it's Just perfect for me.
0: So the Mac Stories team, everybody is virtual, right? You don't have anybody that you see on a daily basis? Yeah. If any, I don't even know if you've met any of your team. I haven't. How do you keep connected? What do you use?
1: For as much as it may sound surprising, we use iMessage.
0: It it doesn't surprise me because I've seen... um, the the tweets of frustration that you all have or when you finally work out a new way to do things and you're all very excited because you've worked out how to use this system where nobody else really can. But why do you use iMessage? Why don't you use something like Glassboard? Uh,
1: I would love to use Glassboard, but um, I just find iMessage to be... um, I think faster uh, at sending messages. It's more real time. Right. It's not r- real real time, but it's uh, it's not. Glassport feels more like a like a private board, right? It's I mean it's in the name. Whereas iMessage is this weird mix of uh, uh, iChat and messages. You have typing indicators, but those are also regular messages. And uh, but the 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 thing for me is that it works on the iPad, whereas um, Glassboard has an iPhone app, and I do use Glassboard for other stuff, uh, and I would love them to to release an iPad app. But I just found iMessage to be more ubiquitous, uh, I guess, uh, across the Mac and iOS devices. I would love to, for Apple to to release a web app for for iMessage or Messages, whatever the na- the mm. name is, and. Uh, yeah, we just we 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 love um, we love that's that's a big word. Uh, we like I guess. <laughs> we tolerate we tolerate iMessage. <laughs> <my> <laughs> we love Apple for doing it, but we tolerate iMessage, and um, I really hope it gets more stable in in the future and uh, and gains uh, a web uh, a web application that would really really uh, would really be awesome because, for example, our our writer Chris Herbert is um, uh, as a Windows PC at work, so uh, he is forced to use his iPhone, and um, I just love to have a web app for iMessage.
0: Do you feel that like iMessage works for you? Like, does your phone not just go crazy all day, like buzzing and buzzing? If you're like having it in, like a chat room,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, th- that's a problem because uh, one thing I would. I would like to see, I guess, is uh, uh, better control over notifications. I think the Facebook Messages app has these kind of features uh, that, uh, that I would like to see in iMessage. You can uh, switch off sounds, I think, and alerts for, for certain groups of people or certain threats, whereas um, iMessage doesn't have a, uh, a control system for notifications in specific groups. Or specific chats. So you you either have notifications or you don't. Um and I would love to have that kind of support, but yeah, my my parents usually go crazy about, about all the buzzing and you know sounds. <laughs> 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 and they're like, Who's writing to you? Uh, you know
0: <laughs> everyone. <laughs> people. <laughs> people were people. Just <laughs> all over the place. How do you stay connected with the community?
1: Uh, with Twitter, all the way with TweetBot. And uh, sometimes the Twitter website, uh, which I use um, for, you know, sometimes the discovery stuff they're doing. But yeah, mainly with TweetBot. I use TweetBot on the iPhone, on the iPad, on the Mac. And uh, I would use it in real life if it was an actual object or person, I think. I'm just <laughs>
0: Well, an awesome thing to say. <laughs>
1: That's very weird, I think, yeah. But I would buy the hell out of that icon. I mean, I kind of want the tweet bot icon on my desk. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it. And, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, after that weird statement... Uh,
0: <laughs> we'll just pretend it never happened.
1: No, uh, I want to say it because... <laughs> You're proud of it. Yeah, no. Um, I'm actually... Uh, I have a lot of memories. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but um, for example, um, you know, I don't, I don't usually uh, write about my, my chemo treatments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to avoid that stuff. But I want to say it here and, um, the first beta of Tweetbot for iPad, uh, Polar Mark of Tapbots uh knew that I would start chemo, um, I think, in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first day um, that I would start the treatment, they, they sent me the beta in advance. Uh, be, uh, and they were like, oh, you know, this will make your day a little bit better. And uh, that was just awesome <laughs> for them to do. I mean... They didn't have to do that. So I have this series of memories of, uh, of TweetBot and the betas and the reviews that I've written for TweetBot uh, because it's a client I, I really, really deeply like. Like I, I use TweetBot, I don't know, it stays open all day. It's the application I use the most. And, yeah. uh, it, and it's also the way I, I communicate with people and, you know, and discover news. So in a way, TweetBot is really beneficial to, to my work in a way um, it, it i mean w- we we chatted via direct message a few minutes ago right Yeah. and uh, i was using tweetbot for that and he used tweetbot for talking to people and you know engaging in conversations uh, it's just the kind of app that works for me and that, uh, if so, uh, if anyone if anyone told me you know you got to switch to to linux or to windows whatever for some reason um I would really, really be, p- if I had to leave TweetBot. uh, I, uh I'm, a, I recognize that I'm, I'm an obsessive Twitter user, maybe, because uh, I recently got over the uh, 50,000 tweet mark, I think, uh, and that's just crazy if if you think about it. Uh, I mean, I've sent 50,000 of these little messages. And people read them. I mean, I'm sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> you know, I I have to say I 100 percent share your love for this application. It is my favorite app on my iPhone. It's my favorite app ever made, Tweetbot. And I mean, I I do another show on this network called Bionic. Um, yeah. And on Bionic, we talk quite. Me and Matt Alexander, we talk a lot about Android. And I've wanted. For a while to do a switch to Android um, for for like for the show, and I'm going to be getting a new Android device soon, the Nexus Four, when it comes back into stock, and I know that the only app that I will really miss will be Tweetbot because yeah. there there for one there aren't really a, met that many good Android um, Twitter apps, but Tweetbot is uh, is just for me the perfect application across like. Any you know for any parameter, it's it's perfect for me, and I'm so used to it. I spend more time in the app than any other, and also as well, I think for people that do what we do, um, especially with where we are based in the world, it's actually a way that we communicate with a lot of our friends and people that enjoy what we do, and because we're being on the other side of the world to the, to the majority of our audience and stuff, it can be quite disconnected at times. And, and tweetbot is a good. Well, Twitter it really is good for this, but the window that we use into it is tweetbot, and I think that makes it quite important.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we criticize Twitter a lot for the for the changes you know they're making to the to the APIs and and the relationship with the developers, but I think in the end uh, it's really an amazing tool. Uh, I'm serious when I say that the Twitter really uh, changed the way the way I work and communicate and, and talk to people and yeah like you said Tweetbot is the window we use to, to get into this service so um, I'm really really grateful for, for the service and the app that enables me to yeah to, to get in touch with people ultimately it's just about the people so really thankful
0: do you think you'll ever move to, to app.net uh, I
1: have an app.net account and um, I uh, I try to to read my timeline but I um I think it's it needs to um to dif- to become more different from Twitter uh because you know most people uh, post the same the, the same messages across both services so I kind of feel a little of a uh duplication you know of content and uh I really want for App.net to to take to take off because I like the business model and I like the the, the approach to developers and to the to the community, but right now uh, for me um, it just doesn't stick as much as Twitter does. Yeah. So I like, for example, when there's a live event like the U.S. presidential election, like I instantly went to Twitter. I didn't open App.net.
0: Yeah, so and did th- everybody else.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's a reason.
0: It's just because that's where everybody knows everybody is, I guess. Except Ben Brooks. <laughs> yeah, ben. ben is basically my
1: App.net timeline. Yeah, week- he is. In the weekends,
0: yeah. It was quite amusing during the last Apple event. Um, it was <laughs> <Yeah>. just Ben. <laughs> he was the only person there. Streamer of self consciousness and Benbrook. <laughs> it's a shame. I feel sorry for him. Sometimes he must feel alone in there. Uh, I think he reads Twitter secretly. Yeah. yeah, I think he does too. I closed. I mean, I I, I enjoy .net, um, and I like what the service could become and stuff. But I think that it will be different when you know it will end up being. And that's you know, I spoke to Dalton Caldwell um, last week. on on this show, I think it was last week or the week, but it was two weeks ago. And, um, you know, they have big plans and a lot of their plans are to, to be, you know, behind everything. They don't want to be a Twitter clone. They want, you know, to, to branch out into being a back end for all sorts of text driven services, chat rooms and team collaboration projects and all sorts. Um, but you know it's 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 interesting to see that at the moment we all just think of it as just like Twitter, and maybe it will be it will be very different when when there are more um, apps and services that that don't use it for that
1: yeah, I really hope that in a few in a few years we're we'll look back and say, hey remember when app appnet was like Twitter uh, I really hope it takes off uh, I like the API and the approach to developers uh, We'll see.
0: So I want to talk to you a little bit about tech journalism. Okay. This is a minefield of questioning, but I kind of want to get your opinion on the way that tech journalism is at the moment and the the sort of the age of the exclusive that we live in and how you broach that when, when you're writing things. So, do you rush ever to be first or, you know, to something or does is it not important to you and if not, why?
1: Uh, that's a very tricky question. Mm. Um, I think, um, well, first off, um, I've made a lot of, mi- of mistakes in the past. I've written things that I'm not proud of and uh, if I could do some things differently, I certainly would uh, go back and, you know, don't post about the rumors and and the uh, uh and the speculation etc. I think uh it's about a trade-off, I guess. About about being first and uh, writing something that you're proud of. Um I guess my my measure for 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 news and um uh, exclusives, you know, being first, these words that matter in, in tech journalism. I think my my measure is trying to understand if I, if I rush this post, will I be ashamed of myself? Hmm. I don't know, two months from now. Or if I rush this post, w- w- am I doing something useful for me, for page views and for advertisers and whatever? Or am I doing something useful for the users, for the readers who need to who need to know this this piece of information first? So uh, it really depends, I think, uh, on on what you're writing about. And um, uh, in the past year, I've tried to avoid uh, all the rumors and. All the speculation and uh, and uh, these blogs uh, have written that, and so we are reporting this. But you know that kind of posts. Uh, I- I don't want to write rumors anymore. I think there are people that are doing rumors with exceptional attention to timelines and to details. Like, I mean, Mac rumors. Have you seen the kind, the kind of 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 memory that they have? It's incredible. Like, I don't know how they can remember that something that is announced now actually was rumored two two years ago. That's uh, that's just crazy. They do a great job, and I and I know I can't do this the same. Uh, attention to little details and little pieces of information and rumors that they do. So um, I I think it was around two years ago uh, mm-hmm. I came to the realization that uh, I want to write stuff that uh, is uh, like I said before is useful to me and to my readers. And uh, but yeah, your question uh, about being first, like uh, for example when um, when a new version of iOS comes out, you know, uh, am I trying to be to be first? Yes, I am, of course, because uh, I mean that's important, you know, for people to go and download and install it uh, as soon as possible. Because m- many times Apple servers become overloaded, you know, and such. So it's important that you that you share first. And I I, don't, I won't lie; it's also great for traffic mm-hmm. for pe- for and and uh, by reflection, it's also great for new people who know my site because other people for, are re- retweeting me or posting a link, so uh, I get more readers. And, and uh, let's be honest, I get more, more money because mm-hmm. I get more page views. But at the same time, um, I don't feel comfortable uh, posting about uh, this example, new version of iOS. If I don't have a change log or if I don't have a screenshot, if I don't have anything that can f- confirm what what I'm writing about, so I, I really think it's about context. You know, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing here? Is posting this news first really fundamental to to myself first uh, as a writer? Am I proud of what I'm doing here? And to the reader, does the reader need to know this first, or can he wait five minutes? And I think a lot of a lot of journalists, uh, bloggers, or Whatever name you prefer, are are missing this point, and uh, and I think the reason is because obviously they uh, they are you know they are forced to to write uh, a certain amount of, of news items per day by their employers, and uh, and I respect that point of view and I totally understand, but um, I also think there as a website owner and as a writer, uh, I don't um I don't want to write. You know, and, uh, I want to look back in two years and say, "Oh yeah, that's something uh, I wrote and it's totally Okay, and uh, uh, whereas, uh, like I said, I made many mistakes and, and I have written articles that I'm not proud of, and, uh, and I wouldn't do it again. And um, and I also think that it really depends on the kind of site that you have, and on the and on the name that you want to make for yourself uh so uh like I said Mac rumors does a great job with uh collecting rumors and information they found they find on other sites and for example nine o five Mac does a great job with exclusives and uh, and uh and leaking information and whatever and they have their own styles so if they they are cool with with that kind of work and that kind of uh that kind of uh, information that they share because it's true to to their nature i guess so it it just doesn't feel right for me uh, for bitichi to 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 write a rumor anymore uh, i don't want to do it so i think you really you you have to ask uh, whether you want to do something that you're happy with ultimately you if you if you're writing and you find yourself asking why am i doing this then maybe it's time to quit you know
0: it's never too late to quit I think that was the perfect answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, when I realized uh, I was writing stuff that I, that I didn't wanna wanna read myself. I mean, why do I have to 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 generate page views if I have to to be ashamed of what i write? That that's just nonsense. So uh, I I would love for Mac Stories to to become a. a I mean, it is already a solid business, but I would love for Max Stories to be the kind of business that, uh, I, I mean, as you know, I want to be honest, that makes me rich in a way. You know, I, I don't mean rich, rich, like, uh, I don't know, big sites, but rich in that kind of way that uh, gives me a financial stability and also enables me to to write the, the little uh, n- nerd. Things and the reviews and the stories that I want to read myself. So that's my that's my goal.
0: I have no doubt that you'll get to to that point. I really yeah. do. I mean, the, I the, hope, the site it, is growing and growing. Yeah, traffic traffic is up. We we
1: we constantly and consistently uh, break the the one million page view mark every month by far.
0: That is incredible. Congratulations. That's really amazing.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, like I said, I've been very busy in the past month, so, uh, it's not really, it's not always, uh, easy to keep up with that kind of, with that kind of traffic and emails and people following you and tweeting you and and all sorts of things. So, but, yeah, the site is growing. Has grown too, too. I mean, it seemed amazing to me when I had, uh, 100,000 readers per month and, uh, and now it's just incredible that all, all these people are reading me and, and, and so th- the other point, uh, I guess this brings me to another point, the other point is that you have a, when you have a, uh, I wouldn't say big but large site, I guess, moderately large site, you have, you have some sort of responsibility for the, for the things you write I mean, if I'm recommending an app that maybe it's just a dollar, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but even of those million people, only, I would say, 10,000 people bought buy an app that, um, that I recommend. That's just, that's uh, $10,000 to waste if the app doesn't work. Yeah. So it's sort of, a, you know, you have to ask yourself, I'm writing things that people will read, so and people will assimilate as as information and data and 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 links that I link to so uh you have to understand that maybe it's it's really a minor issue i don't know i I think it's an important one. there are consequences to the things people write so uh and the things you write have an effect on other people and I just love what maybe. Uh, some Brazilian kid uh, read one of my reviews and and emails me and tells me, you know, you gave me an inspiration to to build apps and uh, and here's a promo code so you can try that. That's just awesome. The fact that a kid in Brazil or in China or or Japan can can read something you wrote and and be inspired to do other work. So you have to to consider that there are people out there who read stuff and are uh, influenced
0: by it that's important that's good so I have one last thing for you okay um, actually a couple of people asked this question but I've got it down from at heck teddy he wants to know what resources would you recommend for aspiring coders because I know you've recently been getting into to coding
1: oh man I'm I'm really I'm just at the beginning um uh, if you want to learn, uh, I guess these people are interested in my recent post about Python Easter, mm-hmm. And um, the book I really like uh, reading, uh, do you know the, the Inkling app for eBooks? books
0: Yeah, I've come across it.
1: Yeah, it's basically this great platform for, for, uh, for books. And there are this series of books from, um, I think, O'Reilly, uh, that are uh, about coding so and the, the the great thing is about is that um, the inkling app looks great and is neatly organized in sections and chapters, and they have this crazy uh, live code uh, thing widget that they have in the text of the books, so you can try to code in line hmm. and the books are, the books are, uh, I have here is um, so one is Learning Python by Mark Lutz. I think Lutz, and uh, it's a uh, it's a book cover with 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 a mouse. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> I <don't know> why? <laughs> the other one is um, was recommended by my fellow uh, MacStories uh, writer Dan Southard, who asked me if I could. I'm sorry, Mike. If I uh, I have to say on the podcast that is awesome, clever witty, talented, and (laughs) good-looking. I was surprised by him, too. I don't know why. Uh, No, he's actually a great guy. He's binary ghost on Twitter. And uh, he recommended I I read uh, Learning Python the Hard Way, and that's a great book. Maybe you can put a link in in the show notes. Um, So, yeah, for for Python, I would recommend these two. And uh, for, for AppleScript, which is another language I... Recently started uh, playing with. Uh, I don't have a book in particular, but um, there's the the I think Maxscripter website. Uh, it's a it's a community with a forum and uh, articles, and it's just amazing. I mean, if you're looking for for an answer on AppleScript, uh, Maxscripter, I think. 99% chance that they have what you're looking for. And another suggestion I have is to go to Pinboard, you know, the, the bookmarking website, and to browse by tag, like, for example, pinboard.com, or no, is it pinboard.in? Yeah. Uh, colon, T, no, slash, T, colon, uh, T stands for tag, and, for example, Python or AppleScript, and you're just gonna see all these public bookmarks from people, and I find an incredible amount of of links there. Like for uh, Sublime Text, which is the the text editor I use on the Mac or Python or AppleScript or Markdown. If you browse Pinboard by tag, you're gonna find an incredible daily r- refreshed, I, I guess, amount of links and and yeah, of links from people who have. Bookmark something on Pinboard, and that's a great way to, to you know, to just copy the bookmark, and you're gonna, you're gonna learn something new, and that, uh, at least that's what I was, uh, what I've been doing.
0: I think that's a lot of great resources there. Yeah, and
1: if you're interested in in Python, I would also uh, recommend Mac Drifter from Gabe Weatherhead, a fellow podcaster here, right, Mike?
0: He is. He he hosts Generational.
1: Yeah, he is is the guy who's responsible for my insane love for Pythonista. <laughs> so, yeah, he runs this blog Mac Drifter and is is interested in Python and AppleScript and it's just it's uh, it's my favorite blog I, I discovered in this year. And uh and of course Bertropsa and uh Dr. Drang. Uh, these are the folks that usually write the things that I want to learn from. So yeah,
0: perfect. I can, I must say, without a shadow of a doubt, this is the episode of Command Space with the most show notes. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. No, it's it's good. I I, I don't mind it. I'm I actually write them as we go, so I keep up with everything. Do you
1: just write them in
0: Markdown? No. <laughs> oh man, you should. I know I should. I actually I use this is not part of the promo, but I write them live into Squarespace. Um, and then I just just use their tools and I just add the hyperlinks in. I could just select the text and just press the hyperlink button and add it in quickly. It's become like this crazy... You know when you just... You you get used to a system, you hack a system to work for you. It's kind of how it works for me.
1: Yeah, sometimes I I try to avoid writing in the the WordPress uh, visual editor, but sometimes it's just necessary to get a post out quickly. So I try to write in Markdown on a on a on a desktop text editor or on the iPad, but sometimes when I'm at my Mac, I too use the the WordPress website
0: editor. the The Squarespace one it it auto saves, so I never have to. I've never lost anything even if the browsers crashed. Now the WordPress one sucks. Yeah, uh, it's really bad. <laughs> but you know, so these things they happen. Yeah. so TG where, where, what is the best place where are the places for people to go and find you
1: well to read the things all right, uh the best place in, is maxoris.net and uh, you can find me on Twitter as VTG that's V-I-T-I-C-C-I and I have the same username on app.net and uh, yeah and I think that's it awesome
0: awesome thank you so much for joining me it's been a it's been a real pleasure I'm so pleased that we finally got to do this
1: yeah, that's true. Thank you, man.
0: So, um, I am I Mike. I M Y K E on Twitter and App dot net. Um, I must mention something before we wrap up, and before I tell you who is on next week's show. Um, every year on Seventy Decibels, this will be the second time that we've done it. We host an awards show called the Golden Headphone Awards, um, and this is a. Uh, it's a celebration of what we do uh, every year and it's, uh, we do it as a thank you to you as well. So all of the hosts try to get together or we get as many as we can onto one episode and we do the awards night. So we give out um, awards for best show, best host and, and many, many more things. And we include clips of episodes and there's acceptance speeches and lots of silliness um, along the way. Um, but th- we must ask for your help and that's to to make the nominations cuz i feel that you know as the community who is best than to tell me what they've liked the most than you guys. So in the show notes you will find a link to the Golden Headphones and you can find the show notes at 70decibels.com forward slash CMDSPACE. That's where you'll find all the links to this episode. Or you can go to 70DB.net forward slash Golden Headphones um, and you will find there a a link which you can click through to a Google form and you can fill out the nominations and make your choices for the awards. So I would really appreciate it if you can do that because it the more responses I get, the better the show will be. Um, next week, we are going to be joined by Don McAllister of Screencasts Online, um, who has recently returned from a geek cruise. I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Um, maybe a bit about you know the the tech that he uses on the way, and I'm sure we'll talk setup stuff and much much more. So uh, look forward to that next week. Thank you very thank you again, Federico. It's been a pleasure to talk with you on this episode. Thank you. And until next time, thank you all for listening. Um, Bye-bye.